0: Everybody, welcome to the No Name Music Cast. My name's Tim, and this is Joy. And before we start the episode, now Joy was had a story for me. Early on in the week, she sent me a message about some kind of family story or probably an injury or something like that. So it sounded like podcast fodder. So Joy, I'm gonna hand this over to you.
1: Okay, so this past weekend, I joke. Let me preface this by saying. I have you guys laugh about my injuries and things like that, but my whole family, every time we get together, something weird happened. It just my luck. So, anyway, I, it runs in the family, to be honest. We had, we went to this kind of, it's kind of like a water park. It used to be called Joy Ranch in Hillsville, and now they've upgraded it. It's like a little mini water park. They've got an arcade, they've got an RV place, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. we went as a family on Saturday to late celebrate mine, my twin sister, and then our nephew's birthdays because they all fall very close. Um, Shout out to Juan and Brian if they're listening, but (laughs) to the (laughs) nephews. Um, Anyway, so we all get there. Everything's going well. The first thing that happened while we were there was the my dad had rented a space and thankfully it was an actual indoor space for us for cooking and everything Mm -hmm. and putting food out. And in that time that we were in there, we blew a fuse and the guy had to climb all the way up to the top (laughs) of the building to get the fuse turned back on. So that was the first thing that happened. Um, Then I went down a water slide without my tube my tube went, but I was still at the top. So no. the tube went and then I went, cause I went, so what it was, was I put my feet down and I was going to pick my feet and put them over the edge, you know, but it, the tube went before I could get my feet out. So it went, I was still kind of holding on to it. Like I had the tube in my hand, but there was no way for me to physically get on top of it while going down the water slide. So I get to the bottom and the floor the floor is only like four feet away from the water it's very small so you know exactly what happens when i hit that water because there's a tube underneath i shoot straight to the bottom of that and scratch the entire back of my leg on that floor (laughs) Um, so i mean i lived but there's a little there it was fun fun story because my mom watched it all um so that one happened then my niece Shout out to Marley because she does listen. Um, She tried to go down the water slide without her tube. And her reaction was to then proceed to stand up (laughs) instead (laughs) of just keep going because she's a child. (laughs) So both the lifeguards start screaming at her to sit down. Oh,
0: goodness me.
1: Because it, um, yeah. As you know, other people were going to be coming down as well. So that one was good. Um There's a rock climbing thing that my husband was convinced he needed to go across. So it was designed for children. They made it all the way to the end, like with these little platforms before he knocked off another younger child.
0: Oh,
1: no. <laughs> um, and then, though, I left for this before this one happened. So my knee, I earlier in the week i have a torn meniscus it's very sore i got sore after doing all this stuff so i left a little bit earlier than some of the family Mm -hmm. my mom um mom's gonna hate me for this story. (laughs) there's paddle boats um she fell not once but twice getting out of the same paddle boat into the lake
0: oh no Well, what is it, what's it you call this? Morrison Family Luck, isn't it? Morrison that,
1: isn't Family Luck. Isn't yeah. that, isn't
0: that what, the official title? <laughs> it
1: is. And there's probably more of it that I didn't witness, but those are the ones I'm aware of. Oh,
0: goodness me. World of calamity, Joy. You know, it's supposed to be a birthday celebration. <laughs> You're supposed to be having a great time, not falling out of paddle boats and <laughs> losing your thing to go down the water slide. I mean, and... I
1: went down the water slide four times. It only lost the raft once, so the three other times were very fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the smaller one. There was a bigger one and a smaller one, and the smaller one was deceiving because <laughs> it was faster than I was expecting, so I thought I could easily sit down. did not happen.
0: An, an almighty calamity. That's what all of this is.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I just told Tim, I said, I've told little snippets of like stuff like this happening in my life. So I just wanted to give you guys an example of one-day event. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, well, the thing is, I used to work with Joy, and I've experienced this Morrison family luck firsthand. I mean, w- walking along the street to buy a drink, and then a car reverses into Joy. I mean, I, I've seen that with my own eyes. I've witnessed it.
1: I'm the only person that, like, I've ever spoken to who did this. Not the time Tim was with me. Did uh, when people are talking about, you know, oh hitting a pedestrian with a car. Oh my God, that'd be terrible. And I'm like, oh wait, I did that one (laughs) (laughs) directly in front of a hospital.
0: (laughs) It's joy. I I don't know.
1: But anyway, I mean, my dad's got some better stories than I do. He's got probably about 60% of the Morrison family. family. <laughs> the, 40, the rest of the 40% is split around the rest of the... us. <laughs> oh,
0: goodness me. Anyway. Oh, dear. Anyhow, that was Joy's stories from her birthday and other associated activities. So from here, let's go into music news. Music news, music news, Yay! music news. So, Joy, do you want to start music news off? Well, my music
1: news is indirectly correlating with the previous music news that Tim brought up, mm-hmm. and that is about one Miss Britney Spears. She is doing a version of "Tidy Dancer with Elton John that's going to be coming out soon.
0: Yeah, and do you know what? I, th- I think I actually saw that headline. Um, <laughs> I know Elton John, he had an album out recently where he was collaborating with lots of contemporary artists, and lots of, you know, artists are not necessarily music that I would listen to, sort of rap and dance artists. But, you know, mm-hmm. Elton is out there. He's, he, he wants to be current and contemporary. And that's why he's working with those people. So I think this, this would be quite an interesting collaboration.
1: So he did a song with, yes, I'm very excited and I'm thinking that she's no longer under some of the control. We might actually get to hear her voice like we were hoping Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about in the last episode. Um, I liked the song Elton John did with um, Dua Lipa. It's called Cold Heart and it is um, it's got like a piece of his music. But it's also like a, like a modern like he did a really good job of mixing his song with a modern day song with um Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. So I've heard Elton John talk, and he says that he refuses to be somebody who's stuck in the past. I don't know if you've heard this in interviews and stuff, Tim, mm-hmm. but like he's big on trying to stay up to date with different artists. And he's not saying you know, it always has to be Main Street artists. It could be just like you know, just not shutting yourself off to new music. Um, sure. And he talks about that's one of his big things. Um, He actually has said many times he wished Billy Joel would write new songs to come up with new songs. And Billy Joel has the opposite theory and thinks that he's a wash of has been, and doesn't need to. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think it'll be cool because I really like the song they did together. Um, And it's a play on Rocket Man, if you've never heard it. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's got pieces of Rocket Man and Cold Heart, of course. It's like a mix of both of those. Um, And then it's got like a little modern day element to it.
0: Yeah, do you know, I think I have heard that because I, I listen to NPR a lot and there's a show on there called World Cafe and mm-hmm. they were interviewing Elton John. And I think they actually played a snippet of that song on his World Cafe interview. So, yes, I have heard it. And again, it's not really my cup of tea, but, you know, Elton's trying to be contemporary.
1: I, I appreciate it. And it's exciting to let hopefully Brittany be able to do some creative um artistry on her own part without people trying to influence her on this one i mean elton will obviously influence her because it's his song about like producers and things like that
0: exactly well there, well there we go well i have a couple of stories for you first story is actually it's it's pretty sad actually mm-hmm. so you're familiar with the band deep purple yes and then you know i got you to listen to a deep purple album or albums mm-hmm. on a previous episode now, as you know, the, uh, the original guitar player for Deep Purple was Richie Blackmore. And Richie Blackmore left Deep Purple because, I mean, he, I think he, he, he was always falling in and out with them. And eventually he left the band. Well, 28 years ago, he was replaced by guitarist Steve Morse. And Steve Morse was a guitar player who was formerly in the Dixie Dregs. And he would played, I think he played in Kansas as well for a while. Anyhow, he's been their committed guitar player for 28 years. And about three, four months ago, he said he was taking a leave of absence because his wife has cancer and he was going to be her caretaker. And he Mm -hmm. wanted to commit to her and make sure that he could look after her. Well, this week, um, the news came in that Steve Moore said he's officially leaving Deep Purple. I saw that. Yeah, he's going to become a full-time caretaker for his wife. And you know, he said he'd still maybe jam with the guys if they come through mm-hmm. town or something, but he is um he is out of the band.
1: I mean, I appreciate that he's willing to do that for someone who's obviously going through a hard time. That's as a lifelong musician, I'm sure that was a hard decision for him to make, but I understand.
0: Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, it's his job, it's his livelihood, but equally, you know, it's his wife and he wants to be there for her and look after her and everything like that. They they um, they had a temporary filling guitarist called Simon McBride. Simon mm. McBride being Ian Gillan's guitar player when he occasionally goes out solo. And I think he played in the band with their keyboard player, Don Airy. So he's in and around that world. Mm. Um, I think it's assumed that Simon Bribe will take over the guitar duties in Deep Purple. Um, the uh, the Richie Blackmore ship has sailed. He is most certainly not coming back to Deep Purple. I think not only have bridges been burned, but bridges have been stomped upon and then, you know, sold <laughs> and then came yeah, and down been seven burned times. again. <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna happen. But um but yeah, that, that was the news from uh, from the world of Deep Purple this week.
1: All right. Well, I had seen that one, but I mean it's kinda of sad, but I understand.
0: And on the flip side of, of things that are sad, this is actually quite joyous. I don't know if you've seen this. Joni Mitchell. Have you heard about Joni Mitchell this week? I have not. So Joni Mitchell, she had a brain aneurysm in 2015. I have heard she, that. Yep. She, she uh, almost lost the ability to speak, you know, mobility issues, the whole thing. It's a very bad situation for her. Anyway, she surprised everybody hmm. this week at the Newport Folk Festival, completely unannounced, performing and performed an entire set of music.
1: That's so awesome. It's kind of like Shania Twain. They never thought she'd be able to perform again as well. Mm -hmm. And when she performed, it was so iconic. It's so sweet to see that. Did you watch it, Tib? Have you seen the performance? I have seen it.
0: And, I mean, she... um... She was helped Brandy Carlisle was I think mm-hmm. was the mastermind behind this. And uh, I've Back-up. seen I've seen most of the pieces of the performance. Some of the songs like um, what's the song? Pave Paradise uh, put mm-hmm. up a parking lot. I can't That'd even lot. think of the name.
1: I don't know. I keep thinking of the remake by that one guy. <laughs> big yellow taxi. taxi. There you go. That I was, took my the, baby the, away, The, Tim. the lyric it.
0: was in my brain and I was just waiting for it to cycle round. But yeah, I heard that. And that's mostly backing singers and Brandi Carlile. And, gotcha. and you know, the lady is still recovering and you know, she, and they had, they had her in a big like golden throne. Still cool though. It was, it was cool. But I mean, the fact that she's, she's recovered to the extent where she can perform again. Absolutely superb. And she, she, she played guitar as well. Mm-hmm.
1: What's you know what song? She played guitar on. Um, I can't remember. I'm just I, curious. It's okay if you don't. I
0: can't remember which one it was on, but um, just just like this train, she actually played a guitar solo on it.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm not familiar with that song, but that's still really cool.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, the fact the fact that this was completely unannounced, and then like, she plays <laughs> it. It wasn't just like you know. Sometimes artists. We'll do a walk on and they'll play one song and they'll walk off. But no, this was an entire set of music. This was like an hour and a half of music. So
1: was it a live audience?
0: Yeah, Newport Folk Festival.
1: So did they even know they were going to get her at all? No,
0: it was. And, so it was cool. and it was just like, ladies and gentlemen, Joni Mitchell. And they're like,
1: what? That's-? So these people all bought this concert ticket, not even expecting that. That's really cool. Because, I mean, the thing about, like you're saying, when usually when a guest artist comes out, you get like a 30 second clip and they're gone.
0: Exactly. And that that's mm-hmm. the end of that. The Newport Folk Festival is famously is where Bob Dylan played an electric guitar in public for the first time.
1: Huh. I can't even imagine Bob Dylan really playing an electric guitar. It doesn't. I always see it with acoustic. It doesn't visualize for me.
0: Well, it was a bit it was a big moment in sort of folk music history because Bob Dylan had always had acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and he played at the Newport Folk Festival. And he famously played an electric guitar, and like the entire folk music world, sort of, sort of <laughs> turned itself, <laughs> yeah, sort of turned itself upside down.
1: Dang, who knew it was going to get tall? he was going to get tar and feathered for that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think the it was it was some kind of Fender Stratocaster guitar, and um, that he mm-hmm. played, and it, you know it got sold off. That instrument got sold off you know, a few years ago for some obscene amount of money because it was the one that Bob played at Newport.
1: I mean, to be fair, the visual I have of him is that's kind of black and white with an acoustic guitar at all times thing. So it would be hard to see.
0: Yeah, I think these days, I don't think Bob even really plays guitar live. I think he mostly plays keyboards, if at all.
1: Yeah, I haven't really seen much out of him to be honest. I couldn't tell you.
0: Yeah, he he came to Roanoke five or six years ago. And I, I saw reviews of the tour and I thought, I don't know if I want to invest two hundred and something dollars in that.
1: I've heard um, we won't get into the um, debate, but I've heard he puts on a very interesting show.
0: Yeah, and and apparently, if you um, if you pull out your phone, it, you like you get ejected
1: <laughs> instantly. There's a button, and then you just go flag like a cartoon character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in Knight Rider with the ejector seat. It's like that. Bob has a button on his piano. He presses it. Dooing. <laughs>
1: That's why he doesn't even bother with the guitar anymore. He's got to be close to the piano. (laughs) Lord. I mean, in the middle of a concert, it's not really, there's so much going on. You know what I mean? It's not like you're in like a Broadway show or something. No. I wouldn't be bothered by someone bringing their phone out. 90% of everybody's recording anyway.
0: That's true. But there are some artists who prefer that you don't do it. So you just enjoy it in the moment. And I know when Kate Bush played her last concerts in London, which was maybe... Ten years ago or so, I, I can't well, she's remember. She's probably going
1: to be regoing because she's all famous again.
0: Absolutely, but I, but she asked the audience, you know, she said, "Please don't film this. I really want you to enjoy this. I want you to be you know, to be attending this and and not be fiddling with your phone the whole time." But I think the audience basically uh, respected that.
1: Well, and I agree. I try my hardest if I am recording to make sure that I put it down and I focus in the moment for at least 70% of the concert. Because, you know, sometimes you do want to take a, a video and remember this, and you'd like to listen back to it. But I've also learned some of these really big shows, Tim, you can just go on YouTube and rewatch it at any time.
0: Well, that's the thing, because someone <laughs> has already done it for you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, even, like, the concert that you were at, like, when I saw – um I don't know. Maybe the use. I just literally put in Charlotte the day, the use. Guess what? Someone recorded and put it up for me. Yeah, and their it, video was much better than mine.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, if I go to a concert, I like to take photographs. Typically, I'm not one for make, for taking little video clips, because like you say, you can get it up on YouTube. But I, I'm an avid photographer, so I like to take photos to, to remember my uh, trips and the concerts and stuff like that.
1: The other problem is, and if you're anything like me, you're probably screaming whatever the lyrics of the song are the entire time. So all anybody who listens to that video hears is joy, going, that thing on my back, the top of her lump." So like, is it really worth it? <laughs> <laughs> when,
0: when Hannah and I went to see Joe Bonamassa at Roanoke Civic Center, there was a lady at the front and we've seen she, I don't know who this lady is. But every time we go to a concert that's vaguely rock or blues themed, she's always at the Civic Center. And it's like, yeah. we, we look out for it. She's somewhere near the front and she's, you know, she's a little bit older and blonde and she's, it's very obvious it's her. So we was pleased when we saw Joe Bonamassa that she was there. So that, that we we'd made our evening already. But she had like some kind of Samsung Enormo phone. I don't know what one it was, but it wasn't a tablet, but it was it was the largest of the Samsung like a tab- phone oh, wait, there was- tablet thing, fablet, whatever you call it. <laughs> and she was insisting on videoing lots of this concert. However as Hannah pointed out, she'd hit record and then she'd go, Oh, hey, great! And then you'd look, at you could sort of follow the little screen and it was just blur. <laughs> That's
1: what I'm saying. And then you just hear her yelling. You don't even hear the artist on so
0: I, I mean, stage. We just have visions of her waking up the next morning with, you know, 45 minutes worth of footage of her just like <laughs> screaming her head off and like blur. And about every. I don't know, one second out of two minutes, you might see the corner of Joe Bonamassa if you're lucky.
1: <laughs> eh, I mean, she's living her best life, Tim. He'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you go. That concludes music news, ladies and gentlemen. That's a very long music news. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so we're going to get into this week's topic and it's my turn to pick the topic this week. Now, this is a topic which I felt is long overdue. Uh, This is something that we've hinted at, spoken about. It's been on a bingo card. It's, I don't know, it's something that I feel binds the no-name music cast universe together. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, I'm presenting the topic this week, which is... The London Borough of Hounslow.
1: <laughs> Yay. I was like, it's either that or Stevie Nicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there are a number of musicians and celebrities that hail from the London Borough of Hounslow. Um, I am not originally from the London Borough of Hounslow because I was born in Frimley. And then mm. I lived in Mitchet, which is sort of to the west of West London. But I lived most of my formative years in the London Borough of Hounslow. But let me before we get into the musicians who come from this area and some songs that we can discuss. Um, let, let's just give you a little little rundown for all you uh, fans out there, especially because we have fans, as you know, all over the world. We have a list. I noticed the last episode was downloaded by someone in China, so I'm sure they're going to be very excited to uh, hear about Hounslow. Well,
1: good to know that they could get access to our podcast tim i wasn't sure with some of their laws they could
0: well it gives all the ip ranges it comes from and it said china so unless unless somebody's using some wacky vpn just to mess with us it said china i'm just saying
1: it's actually your friend in in blacksburg yeah i mean
0: it could be i mean i I don't know.
1: i'm just kidding anyway what were you gonna say tim give us the four
0: one one Okay, so the London Borough of Hounslow is West London. If you've ever been to the UK, you probably flew into Heathrow Airport. And Heathrow Airport is in the London Borough of Hounslow. So if you've ever been to Heathrow, you've been to Hounslow. So you're already ahead of the game with this. So it is a London borough. And it has five towns in the London Borough of Hounslow. You have Feltham, which is where I used to live hounslow where i lived previously isleworth brentford and then there's the posh bit which is chiswick i i used i lived in chiswick for for a while but that's the uh that's the classy end if you will of the <laughs> london borough of hounslow
1: <laughs> you didn't feel like you fit in tim
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was fine i used to share a house with somebody in chiswick it's it's fine it's, it's, it's very nice
1: is it expensive to live there then
0: hey, very expensive i mean property huh. prices in west london are absurdly expensive generally yeah but certainly chiswick is the top end of that
1: yeah i can't even imagine trying to figure out where you because like from what i've seen the housing prices in the uk it's just it's almost as bad if not as bad as in some of our major cities in america
0: oh it's 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 far more expensive I mean, certainly, you know, if you look at Midtown Manhattan and and compare that to Felton, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's different. But I mean, you know, for for somebody who a comparable area, a London suburb just outside of a major city is going to be a lot more expensive (laughs) to live in the uh, in London Borough House, especially Chiswick.
1: Well, and it's going to be you have a very limited area like it's much smaller than most of our cities and towns. So like you're basically your choices are going to be very small flats probably for that price.
0: Yeah. Cause in fact, the London borough of Hounslow is just 21.61 square miles.
1: That explains why your gas prices are so high.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and in that area is 271,000 people.
1: Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people live in our town, 10, Chris christiansburg might be curious to know
0: i don't know it's, it's considerably less i would imagine than that
1: <laughs> let's see christiansburg town population Goon-oon-oon, everybody all right thousand four hundred eighty-two. <laughs> yeah
0: much <laughs> <But> smaller <laughs> it's, it's, it's much smaller but but, but 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 there you go so um <laughs> As I said, I thought I would um, go through some of the uh, musicians in particular who have come from Hounslow or lived in Hounslow and would go through one of their songs. And then if we have some time, I have a list of other sort of media celebrities type people who who hail from the borough of Hounslow. Gotcha. All right. What's our first one? All right, so this is a chap who we have spoken of many times before, and we've spoken of the fact how much he loves the Alamo and collects (laughs) davy crockett's stuff and that would be our friend phil collins Collins. now phil collins is from the london borough of hounslow and as we've discussed previously his mother lived on beavers estate in hounslow and i i I don't i believe that uh, sadly she's no longer with us but but even when he was super famous and touring the world and part of genesis and stuff she (laughs) lived on beavers estate and she never wanted to leave because that's where all her friends lived
1: I mean, that makes sense. Well, and there's so many people in one little area.
0: <laughs> exactly. But there we what? are. And and the track that I picked for Phil was um, in the air tonight. I mean, I mean, it's just a, just a classic song.
1: I mean, in the air tonight is like the one that comes to mind when I think of Phil Collins, like the very first song, maybe mm-hmm. the other one could be against all odds, but in the air tonight, is probably the top.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it i think it was maybe one of his first breakout hits mm-hmm. after Genesis and as you know it is a it is a bitter diatribe to his to his ex-wife the whole thing yes.
1: it was like what 80 81 something like that it would have been early 80s when that song came out so it would have been right after Genesis
0: yeah i'm i'm looking in my my library i have here and it says it says 2015 because it's remastered it hasn't got the actual release date on it but yeah it's it's that it's that kind of era
1: yeah which and I always just think of and in the in the album cover with him in the black and white face, the gray mm-hmm. shadowed face. I feel like that is one of the most seen photos of Phil Collins ever.
0: Yeah. And Joe, you it's know funny when when he uh, remastered all of his catalog and I have the Phil Collins remastered CD box there. He mm-hmm. recreated all of those covers with his, you know, twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen face, yeah, but with the same photography and the same huh. lighting and the same, 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 same. So if you if you buy those remastered albums, it it's the same picture, but with his his twenty sixteen face, not his nineteen eighty one face.
1: That's cool. I mean, that's a smart concept, and that'd be fun for people who buy both to be able to make the comparisons
0: sure and the other thing that's cool with phil collins albums i don't not on so much the cds but if you buy a vinyl record of phil's mm-hmm. all everything that's written inside the label is all written by hand huh. in phil and phil collins writing all the other like, copyright notice the tracks and everything like that
1: that's cool i never knew that but that is cool
0: it's kind of cool but there you go There you go. okay that's that's phil hounslow boy phil Okay, so the next person I'm going to I'm going to speak of from the London Borough of Hounslow. And this gentleman came from Chiswick, as we've said, is was is the slightly more uh, upper class part of the the borough. But um, this is John Entwistle. And now John Entwistle being the bass player of The Who. And the track that I've picked out for John Entwistle is one of the few Who songs that was not written by Pete Townsend. And Mm. this is Boris the Spider.
1: Which is a cool song. Um, Did he write it then or who wrote it?
0: No, he wrote it. This is this is a John John Entwistle song.
1: Oh well, you said it not, but you never said who Tim. So I was just double checking. Ah, there you go. Yeah,
0: the the, the majority of the output, of the Who was written by Pete Townsend. But the Who is basically Pete Townsend's band, sort of. So
1: oh, You mean to tell me Kenneth Moon was never writing any songs?
0: Well, <laughs> key, I mean, I mean, key, 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 that's key for- Kenneth, What I <laughs> That's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. That guy, the drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's. yeah i mean i mean all of the all of the members of the band contributed but i mean like if you um
1: i was just kidding (laughs) yeah
0: if you listen to like any of the pete townsend demos of who music that he would bring to the band the demos are almost the finished product
1: yeah yeah, i I mean i mean
0: pete plays drums but he doesn't play like our friend kenneth moon (laughs) (laughs)
1: now known for kenneth forever
0: (laughs) yeah and you know pete plays bass but he doesn't play bass like john Whistle. But when when he bring those demos to the band, of course, everyone plays their parts and that's the who's music. But it's just remarkable if you go on YouTube and you find those old who demos, how almost the same they are as the finished product. And that's just his demo. That's that's the thing he's made at home, ready to present to the band.
1: That's crazy. I've heard that about him, but I've never went back and looked. I will say that. I mean, that doesn't surprise me because some of their songs kind of have a more raw sound to them, I think. Mm -hmm. A more original kind of, it's not like grunge, I want to say, but there's something unique about their sound. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's part of the reason he was able to do that is because they have such a specific sound. As for Boris the Spider, all I remember about Boris the Spider is creepy, creepy, crawly, crawly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that that's it goes creepy, creepy, <laughs> that's all I remember.
1: <laughs> and he's a spider. I think he was like heading for the bedroom door. Yeah, and
0: I think he was gonna get squished at the end. I <laughs> I saw the Who I think see, I've i I've, I've seen them twice. I saw them doing Quadrophenia at Olds Court, and then I saw them just playing as the Who at Wembley Arena, and that was with <laughs> John Entwistle. And if I remember correctly, the John Entwistle concert, um, when John Entwistle was there at the concert, when I saw him the second time, I think they actually did Boris the Spider.
1: Huh. I mean, that'd be cool to see live, I would imagine. It's an interesting song. It's different than the rest of their music, for sure. And if you've never heard it, give it a listen. Unless you're really scared of spiders, then maybe not.
0: Exactly. And and John Entwistle, he, he always seemed the sort of calmer member of The Who. And um, because you had John Entwistle and Pete Townsend and there was all kinds of hell raising going on and driving Rolls Royces and into Kenneth swimming Moon. pools and <laughs> Kenneth Moon and all that stuff. But apparently, John Entwistle, especially later on, he was the main hell raiser. He was a he was an alcoholic, but his his drink of choice was vintage wine. So <laughs> so he'd be drinking these you know two thousand 000- dollars. Was he from that fancy
1: burrow you were talking about? Wait, he's from Chiswick. I mean, what do you
0: expect?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, Tim, you should have guessed that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he—he um, he sadly is no longer with us. He—he hmm. uh, he died in the Hard Rock Hotel in Vegas Man, after, that's one d- after heck of a way to go! Yeah, and I think he'd been enjoying some recreational drugs. And he was in the company of a couple of ladies of the night. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go in a rock and roll fashion, I mean I think that ticks all the boxes. I don't know.
1: It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, what's our next song? Not about spiders, I hope.
0: No, there's <laughs> not going to be any, any spiders in here. So this is another um, artist that we've spoken of. And we spoke of her previously for her kitchen discos. And this is Sophie Ellis Baxter. And I'm going to pick the track Murder on the Dance Floor. I've
1: heard that song before. It's probably when we talked about her, but I didn't realize who she was. I had to make the connection because you had to bring it up. But I've heard that specific song.
0: Yeah. And she, yeah. And she, I'm I'm just looking here. She is from, she's actually from Hounslow. She's not, she's not from Chiswick. She's just from plain old Hounslow like me.
1: Was most of her music kind of dance music?
0: Yeah. She, she, um, I think the first thing she ever did was that song with Spiller called Groove Jet.
1: Well, that sounds like dance music. Even if I've yeah, I never you heard it, he goes.
0: And is this love? How does uh, it feel
1: uh, so good? I just didn't know. If, yeah, I've heard yeah, that yeah. before.
0: And I, I think like, she she contributed her vocals to that. And then later uh, on, I think she she launched that she launched as a uh, a solo artist.
1: I mean, the "Murder on the Dance Floor" song is pretty easy to remember because it says um, it's a murder on the dance floor like seventeen times.
0: Well, well of course, a- <laughs>
1: Anna, every every opening subjective verse may say it's a murder on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what you're basically saying is that Sophie ellis bextor is uh, pretty much saying that the dance floor is a crime scene, an active crime scene.
1: Something about the DJ's got to burn this down <laughs> and the dance floor is a murder scene.
0: Yeah, so so effectively this song is arson <laughs> and a murder.
1: You Be careful, tip, if you ever played this in a dance break at one of your moose lodges, it might <laughs> uh, bring out the rock <laughs> at one of the, the Southwest Virginia VFW. <laughs>
0: I don't, th- I don't, I I seem to remember playing it when I was in Moroccan. So in the breaks, but <laughs> I, it's, it's fair to say the, um, the VFW hall and Giles or whatever, I don't think they've heard of Sophie Ellis backseat. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just assuming.
1: Well, to be fair, I didn't know who she was. Like I've heard some of her songs occasionally, but I couldn't tell you who she was or what she looked like. I Googled her after well gave her a Goog after Tim said it. And um, she wears very big blue eyes stuff that's all i could tell you it's like eyeliner and eyeshadow and all that
0: it's Exa- very blue exactly and as we know she dances in her kitchen
1: yeah huh? and she creates murders on dance floors who knew all right yeah, exactly and
0: she encourages <laughs> awesome from from disc jockeys
1: wonderful <laughs> And if you listen to this, sorry, I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty we, sure we, what I had to say, and I butchered her name the first time, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: we apologize to you, Sophie ellis Baxter. We, we, we love you, really, and I and I really did enjoy your kitchen discos, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> We'd love to have you on the show. All right, next up, Tim, move it along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to pick out Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. <laughs> and the reason I'm picking out Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple is is the lead singer, Ian Gillen, mm-hmm. is from Chiswick.
1: Look at that. The fancy area. Does he like high-end wines? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, he, he's been in and out of deep. I mean, he's been consistently in deep purple for a number of years now. But Deep Purple has gone through so many different phases. Um, they, they, uh, I think um, Ronnie James Dio was a singer in there for a while. David Coverdale was a singer for a while. And then I think he went in an album with White Snake. And it's like all of these, like, classic British classic rock bands of all sort of shared members black sabbath Um, as well i mean you know they're
1: gonna be able to do it so like i get it (laughs) i hire people for a living if they've already done it tim you'll know they'll be able to do it again
0: (laughs) right but but he um he he predominantly has been the singer in uh, deep purple as i said for the last number of years um actually since looking here 1992 consistently the singer of Deep Purple. And they continue to tour and play. And as we discussed in Music News, I said Steve has recently left Deep Purple. But, you know, they're, they're, they have album writing sessions booked and they have gigs booked. So they're they're, they're still out there getting it done. The chap's 76 and he still sounds good and he still looks good. I mean, it's, it's well. all...
1: I mean, Tim, is it going to really be that hard for somebody, for them to find somebody to step in the other guy? I mean, the other guy's great and they might not be as good, but if you're a musician and someone goes, hey, you want to become the newest member of Deep Purple, are you really going to say no?
0: Well, no. And it, when when Ritchie Blackmore originally left Deep Purple, yeah. he he disappeared halfway through a tour because he's famously a very moody, unpredictable character. And they had mm-hmm. gigs to play. So they somebody knew somebody who knew somebody. And then they got Joe Satriani, guitar virtuoso Joe Satriani, in, to actually finish the tour.
1: That's all about who you know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but am just it, like, it's not going to be that hard for them to finish out the season, even though the guy left to go help with his wife, because, like, nobody's going to be perfect. But I'm sure there's plenty of people who will be like, yeah, I'll do that.
0: Exactly. Um, I also have a sort of connection with Ian Gillen, sort of. Mm. So um, he had a band that was just called Gillen um, during what, some of the times when he was not playing with Deep Purple. Okay. And the drummer of that band was a chap called Mick Underwood. Now, Mick Underwood is an absolutely fantastic rock and roll drummer. And he used to come to the Red Lion Jam Session in Twickenham, which I used oh. to attend for many, many years. And I, I jammed with him many times there.
1: Look at you, Tim. You're now and effectively a member of ABBA and D Purple. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, all, it's all these, It's all these rock and roll connections, Joy. That's what it is.
1: I mean, that's that's how you that's how you get there, Tim. Slowly, it's a long way to the top, but you're making it. As long as <laughs> eventually someone moves Tim's equipment for him, and he doesn't have to do it himself, he's made it.
0: <laughs> well, as, as I, I may have mentioned before on here, I, I think one of the finest gigs I ever did was my last ever gig playing with Ian and Co at the Jam Night. Now, the Jam Night mm-hmm. at the time was at a different venue, wasn't it, Mister Bumbles? It was a place called Ye Old Swan in Burnham. We, we, we moved across a few different venues during the tenure of being in that band. But that is the, the last venue I played at before I left. And they actually went to Bumbles not long after I came here.
1: So have you ever and, been to Bumbles?
0: Yeah, many times. I played gigs in Bumbles. I, you know, it, it's, you it's it. on the rotation of places that bands play. So i had mm. been there before. It's
1: part of the circuit.
0: Yeah. So I my very last jam that I ever did at um the Old Swan with the Freak Jam Band, I'd already pre-sold my equipment. I'd pre-sold it to a guy called Adam from a, from a band called Black Shot Rose. We already agreed on the sale, and he was going to come and get it. And I played the gig, and you know, a lot of people came out to see me. It was really nice. The place was packed. And we went over time and all this kind of stuff, and we finished the night and i put my guitar in its case and all my gear was there my amp my cables my pedals my guitar stands power strips oh no. like, all that kind of stuff was there and adam came over and he handed me i don't know what i sold it for 500 pounds so i don't know whatever i can't remember but we'd agreed on a price he handed me a load of cash and i had all the you know all the bags and the cases it went in and i said there you go <laughs> <laughs> I just walked away from it. Thank you.
1: I thought for sure you were gonna say something happened to it before Adam got there. No, 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 no.
0: I uh, it was it was just it was maybe the one time in my life I got to experience the the roadie situation because <laughs> I sold it.
1: So you didn't have to take it back home with you. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> that went over my head. I thought this was a story about how Tim broke a guitar. <laughs>
0: No, it was it was the story of me enjoying the fact I sold my gear to somebody else, and then after he gave me the money, I just said, "Well, there it is, all on the floor. Help yourself."
1: <laughs> I mean, he had to take it home either way, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, Adam. If you're listening and you have a different side of opinion on this, let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah, the side that Adam's going to hear is, "Well, I only came in at the end to get the gear, and I had to pack it all up. i mean, what's he playing now? Do you think he's a rock star or something?" <laughs>
1: Kind of. Anyway, so <laughs> back to the song because it was smoke on the water. I do remember that. Yes. Um this song is actually very important to me. Well, not very important to me. That's not the way I say it. it's very known to me. I mean, I even remember that the chord progression where it's like the G G, is it F D or E D, whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah on repeat, and then it does like FD fd because this was one of our i was never i was always in choir but our high school had what's known in america as like a fight band and they play at like sports events and the smoke that that little riff there was one of their fight songs and it played all the time i heard probably at every major event i ever went to in high school this song was played at least three times i don't know why which is one of their favorite fight songs so that's my kinship
0: it's also one of those songs that is sort of jokingly banned from guitar shops because you can play that riff with one finger That's on the guitar. To say.
1: It's, it's really... really
0: easy to play, <laughs> and like the, you know, like in Wayne's World, it famously says "No stairway." Mm-hmm. I've have seen um, similar signs in guitar shops that say "No no smoke on the water" or £100 fine for smoke on the water." Um, and I and I've gone I've have gone into guitar shops where I you know I know them in there. And I've, you know, wanting to buy a piece of equipment, which is probably, you know, not cheap. And for my own entertainment, I will play smoke and water on it.
1: So, I mean, that that makes sense, though, the more I think about it, because it is that GG, FD, FD, FD type, you know what I mean? DF Mm. thing. Of course, they would play it in a high school band because you've got, what, many different musicians of different levels because you got different people with different grades. It's an easy song for everybody to play. Think about it. Now that you said it, it makes complete sense. Exactly. You've got varying level of music of, like, 30 people. See, Tim just solved a
0: mystery for me. The, 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 you know, I, I I do what I can, Joy. You know. <laughs>
1: now I'm going to have to send Tim videos of me just playing that on repeat on the ukulele, just to get on his nerves. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the one that I heard too many times is the one that shouldn't be named from that state called Sweet Home Alabama, because everybody in their oh. guitar in Southwest Virginia can play that.
0: The the D C and G song.
1: C, C and G You mean the most basic <laughs> Of all but the what, things What yeah. is
0: it Joy with confectionery songs Anything which know. has a confectionery element It just works in Southwest Virginia I'm not sure Why well, don't you say Southwest Virginia But every cover band In England plays, plays them as well <laughs> I
1: Maybe mean, it's international at this point I just have PTSD from here in Southwest Virginia
0: <laughs> Oh I mean, Lord. We're, we're, I mean We don't play it in my current band but in my banners in previously it someone would suggest it and i'd be like we have other options
1: <laughs> absolutely not <Yeah. laughs> i will throw myself off the stage right here right now because <laughs> i mean the thing about it is is i mean it's kind of like what you were saying with smoke on water though you know we're saying it's very gg it's pretty simple right mm-hmm Maybe it's just because you have varying when you're doing cover bands and you guys are moving, you know, your drummer goes up here and then the bass player comes over here. I imagine that's how it works It's like the NFL draft or something. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I just imagine that like, it's just an easy song that everybody knows. So it just catches on and then they take it from your band and teach it to that band. And it just goes on forever.
0: Yeah. It doesn't help that classic rock radio plays it every fourth song as well in the United States. Well,
1: Tim, didn't you know that every person who ever is into classic rock knows three, maybe two songs from each artist. And I do think that most of the notes at every one of those songs are C, D, G, and F. So, I mean, maybe it's just
0: a. I I I think you're actually onto something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Insert Kansas or something (laughs) right here. Anyway. That's not. I'm kidding. There's plenty of people who probably know way more. And actually, I'm one of those people. I don't care if you only know two songs from the band. If you like those two songs, then like them.
0: There, there we are. But but <laughs> but sort it out. Classic rock radio. I mean, <laughs> with your twelve songs on a loop. What's that? At about? least go up
1: to twenty. <laughs>
0: oh goodness me! <man.
1: laughs> one day, Tim was like, he played. He played a. Like, it was just kind of like a little joke. He was writing me when I used to work at the same company he did and talking about listening to NOV rocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm going to make a bet. It's going to be what song A or song B. And then him and Chip turned it on. It was song B. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> WROV, The Rock of Virginia. I remember when I came here to visit before I lived here, and I thought, what wow, a great radio station. They're playing all this great stuff. There's no terrestrial radio station in London that plays anything like this. This is amazing. And then you put it on the second day, and you're like, oh, it's back in black again. And it's like, oh, it's Layla again. Oh, it's White Wedding again.
1: Oh, look, here's Don't Stop Believing for the third time this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know why, though. I mean, I guess it's just those are the most popular songs that everyone knows. And I guess if you're touring around in a cover band, you're trying to make yourself known, you don't want to play a bunch of stuff nobody knows. That's pretty much all it comes down to.
0: Exactly. But but I will say, if anyone listening who programs classic rock radio, just sort it out. Just play something new. But at least,
1: like, 12 more songs on top of the current 12. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a list if you need it. <laughs> All right, what's the next song,
0: Tim? Okay, so this is a 80s band, and I don't know whether you will have heard of them. Eighth Wonder. Are you familiar with Eighth Wonder?
1: No. They they song... the Eighth Wonder of the World?
0: Yeah, and they had a song called I'm Not Scared. Hmm. Um, but what's interesting about Eighth Wonder is the lead singer... Was actress Patsy Kensit?
1: Is that an English actress? I'm guessing.
0: Are you, you don't know who Patsy Kensit? No, is?
1: none of that. None of that is ringing a bell. Should yeah. I know who she is? <laughs> well, Patsy
0: Kensit was famously in *Lethal Weapon* two.
1: Oh, okay. Then I have seen her before, but I wouldn't know her by name.
0: Yeah, and she she was in the band. Um, eighth wonder for a number of years in the eighties. Hmm. And they had that song. I'm not scared. And a song called cross my heart. She was a model. She was an actress. Um, she was not born in Hounslow. She's actually from Lambeth, but she, she lived as a young person. She lived in the, in Hounslow.
1: Is there any theories on why so many talented musicians come from Hounslow?
0: Well, I, I suppose maybe it's transportation links. Cause you've got Heathrow right there. Yeah. And uh, it's quite a prosperous area. I, I I don't don't know. You get the Piccadilly line straight into central London if you want to. (laughs) You're you're right by Richmond and Twickenham and stuff. I I, I don't know. Hmm.
1: Well, those are Tim's theories. If you do have any concrete information, let us know on the Facebook.
0: Exactly. The other interesting thing about Patsy Kenzie, I have a sort of connection. My friend who I used to work with. Um, once refused Patsy Kenzett a mortgage. She was a mortgage advisor. and She, <laughs> she denied her mortgage application.
1: I thought you were going to say turned her down at a bar. <laughs> no, she denied her mortgage application.
0: Apparently, she was just getting into um, acting. And as um, you yeah. know, when you apply for a mortgage, what's ridiculous about applying for a mortgage is they were able to delve through every piece of your finances mm-hmm. to, to give you this secured loan on your house and like and you can't even day, use
1: cash without being able to track it it's crazy
0: yeah and then the day you move in you could quit your job <laughs> it doesn't matter because like as soon as you sign that paperwork it's either you're, you're obliged to pay or they'll repossess it but from, from that point onwards the bank doesn't care what you do you <laughs> could leave your job the day after
1: i know you don't have to like provide them like six months in i'm still more, you know employed or something and the dumb part about it is is i've never understood it. american mortgages and i'm not sure how similar it is in other countries they talk about like when you're going through the mortgage process of trying to buy a house don't open any lines of credit at all period mm-hmm. it could be just a simple grocery store credit card but then they also say that you can't pay anything with cash you have to literally be able to prove where you got the money and i find that crazy
0: yeah, that's 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 exactly what happened when we bought our house. I, I think it's the same in the UK. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I never applied for a mortgage in the UK, but I used to work for a building society, which is like a credit union. So I'd seen a lot of those mortgage applications. So, I mean, I I th- I think it is much the same idea.
1: Generally about the same. I mean, that makes sense. It's probably a standardized process, I would think.
0: Exactly. The other the other interesting thing while we're on mortgage tips cuz I mean of course why wouldn't we be giving what <laughs> we're mortgage obviously tip?
1: real estate agents. Now. <laughs> exactly.
0: The interesting thing is that in the United States you can get a 30-year fixed rate, which is very mm-hmm. common. Most people you can get a standard variable rate mortgage if you want one, but most people get a 30-year fix. So for 30 years or however long the term of the mortgage is, you know exactly how much you're going to pay. You cannot get that in the UK. You can get a two-year fixed rate or maybe a five-year fixed rate if, as some kind of special promotion. But from there on in, you're paying the standard variable rate. So your mortgage payment fluctuates as the interest rate fluctuates.
1: That's just terrifying. Because, you know, with renting that happens in America – constantly and people have to leave because they can't afford the rent anymore but like if you're signing up to buy a house and they can just fluctuate your mortgage every month that's crazy
0: yeah never yeah and 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 the uh the other thing is that Certainly when I lived in England, if you bought a house, you had to put at least a 10 percent deposit down. And I know now I think it's maybe 15 or 20 or even 25 percent, depending on your circumstances. So if you have a a house that's two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, where are you going to get 20 percent of that from?
1: Well, are you allowed to get it through like a loan or does it have to be out of pocket?
0: Has to be completely out of pocket.
1: Wow. Because in America, generally most people get a loan for their down payment.
0: Yeah. Or, or like we did is that there, there are lots of um, there's lots of things for first time buyers, depending mm-hmm. on where you live, where you can get a mortgage without a deposit.
1: Yep, And there's like there's like it's called VA. There's if you Google it, like 10 of them come up and depending on your circumstances or race or anything in America can qualify you for that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I mean, we, ours was a rural development loan because this area, you know, it's built up, but it's classed as rural. So mm-hmm. we was able to get a very good deal with our deposit because of that. Um, but but certainly in England, programs like that don't seem to really exist.
1: That's crazy. I mean, I just assumed there would be something equivalent.
0: Not not really. And that, and that's why a lot of people in England really struggle to purchase houses because, you know, they're pay, they're paying their rent amount, which is a high amount of money. The mortgage payment would probably actually be less than that. But, you know, the rental payments doesn't count against their um, c- count against, you know, being good enough to qualify for a mortgage and the housing is so expensive and then you have then then where you're going to get fifty thousand pounds as a deposit it's just the mm. whole system is stacked against you
1: well here's my question is buying a car in the uk similar?
0: no it's straightforward
1: OK, <laughs> I was wondering if there was a secret on that, too. Now, we're about a music podcast, so maybe we should go back. to <laughs> We spent a lot of time discussing the housing market in America and the UK. <laughs> Lord, Somebody's sitting there going, um, what was I listening to again?
0: <laughs> OK, well, let's bring this right back to music. Joy, what do you think? Shall we, uh, shall we talk about get some here. music or something? At least Boris the Spider can come back or something. <laughs> there there we are. All right. So I am going to choose this person. So this is a Hounslow resident. He went for a time at Ealing College. Mm. And he was the singer of a band that you may have heard of or may not have heard of. I don't know. Oh. And that would be Mr. Farouk Bulsara, otherwise known as Freddie Mercury.
1: I have heard of him before. You know, once or twice. Maybe.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was a he was a headliner for a band for a long time. Um definitely British, wrote songs, lots of songs, had a flamboyant stage person.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean it is, you know, he was originally from Zanzibar, mm-hmm. but he uh he lived most of his life in uh, in Hounslow before you know before he became famous. And he was actually yeah. a baggage handler at Heathrow for as, as a young person.
1: It's too bad you never ran into him, Tim.
0: No, I mean, he he, was, he would have been much older than me. I think yeah. at the time he was a bag- baggage handler. I was not alive or, I was, you know, incredibly <laughs> young.
1: I mean, that's fair. Well, and sadly, he died so young, too. It made it a little harder, even if somehow he were to go back. But, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, I kind of forgot he was from that area until you brought it up. Why was his parents from Zanzibar? Wasn't there like a story behind that? Or is that just where he's from in general?
0: Well, he he was born in Zanzibar and then I think there was some kind of coup in Zanzibar. Yeah. And as a result, he he his family moved to the UK.
1: That's what it was. There was something about there's a reason why they left. I think they even bring it up in the movie, but I can't remember. Well, and it's just kind of random that everybody forgets that he doesn't really talk about it very much either, but how old was he when he moved, do you know?
0: I I, th- I think I think he was a child. Mm.
1: I like how I'm asking all this to Tim like he's an expert on what Freddie Mercury was doing at three years old. <laughs> I just assume he does. He knows this. <laughs> if you well, know anything about Tim, it's probably not too far off that he would know this.
0: <laughs> well, I mean I I did see We Will Rock You three times in the in the in the cinema.
1: What he's not telling you is it was one right after the other.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. I'm kidding. For those who don't know, Tim may have an endearing love for the band Queen. Absolutely. And when he likes stuff, he tends to fill his brain with as much knowledge about that person or that thing as possible. So that's why it was a joke that I'm asking Tim all this.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I the, the ins and outs of his life, you know, I, I know some stuff because I am a queen fan, but I was going to come on to the, uh, to the next person from the London Borough Hound. So from Feltham, mm. <laughs> from, 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 from Walsham close Feltham, the man well. himself, Mr. Brian Harold May.
1: Speaking of Queen, she yes. <laughs> just brought it right back there. I mean, I know he wears white clogs. I do know that. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And I, I, didn't, I didn't actually reveal the pick for Freddie um, oh. Mercury. I, I picked the great pretender. But anyhow, we've passed yeah. on from this now. But yeah, Brian May, I picked the track Driven by You from his album from 1992 called Back to the Light. But he is very famously a uh, person from Hounslow. As I said, he lived in Feltham, he still owns the house that he grew up in, his parents' house. Um, he, he, I think he now lives in Guildford. One of, his, one of his properties is in Guildford, though he does live in London. He has a London property as well. They have their well. houses like,
1: marked, like, this is where Freddie Mercury lives, and this is where Brian May
0: lived. Um, well, the, the, Fred, uh, Freddie Mercury's sister's house has a blue heritage plaque hmm. on it, and she still lives in Hounslow.
1: I was just curious, because I feel like that would be some way to market the area.
0: Exactly. I I once had a Twitter exchange with Brian May when he used to do Twitter. He's now more about the Instagram, but he was about the Twitter for a while. And he was coming back from a recording or some kind of event or something. And he was being driven in a car and he was on the uh, M. Well, it it was where the M4 meets the A4. On the elevated section. I'm sure you know exactly where that is in that Sunbury. That all
1: makes so much sense to me. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know like Sunbury Cross, you know where that is? Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. Anyhow, he posted a picture <laughs> of that out of the window of the car. And I commented on it and I went, Ah, Brian, Sunbury Cross. I used to I used to live there a long time ago and he wrote back and he goes, Ah, I said, so did I. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs>
1: did you screenshot that tim do you have a picture of it for the rest of your life um
0: i don't think i did
1: what a missed opportunity i've ah. only had one celebrity write me and that was Glazelle green from youtube <laughs> she's the comedian i screenshotted it
0: well i do have i do have a handwritten letter from brian may so oh
1: Well, okay. I guess that you get an exception. I don't have a handwritten Now, my husband does have a signed postcard from Ryan Reynolds. That's Ah. true. It was a Christmas card. (laughs) (laughs) So I got that. If anybody ever comes to rob me, that's probably the most expensive thing. Take it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I have two signed pictures of Jet from Gladiators, but... That's probably not somebody who mm-hmm. you know. And the only reason I've got those is because Jet from Gladiators is featured in an Alan Partridge episode. <laughs> that was just.
1: <laughs> I have oh, I do have a signed poster of Bowling from Soup, the band Bowling for Soup, from when I went and saw them. And they signed. I have each signed their little faces because we knew the people who were put on the band, the like, concert, and so they. We got to move their equipment, and by we, I didn't do it. I left because I didn't want to move equipment. But my friend Molly did, and she got them signed for me.
0: Well, that's exciting. I also have a signed Darkness album, but the the, the story with that was is they were available <laughs> on their website for $15 more than the unsigned ones, and I just ordered it. I, I, it really doesn't count.
1: Uh, that's not that fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were talking about music. Okay, so we've covered Queen. We've covered those people from Queen. What's next?
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... This is a gentleman called James Patrick Page, otherwise known as Jimmy Page, from the band Led Zeppelin. Oh, I mean, he was a studio musician and he played with a number of other acts, but he's probably most famously guitar player, songwriter, producer for Led Zeppelin. I've picked out the song "Whole Lot of Love," and he is from Heston. Now, Heston is like a little area that's sort of, sort of on the outskirts of Houndlow, Sort yeah. of, and you're going towards Feltham. It's somewhere between the two of those, but but that's where that's where Jimmy Page hails from. So he he <laughs> he is a London borough of Hounslow boy.
1: I will say, so Jimmy Page is one of those people that looks like the kindest old guy ever. Um, but I don't know why he has a very kind face. Of course, he always used to have cool hair back in the day too. But he has a very kind face,
0: and he's <laughs> he's like a lot of older gentlemen who have white hair, where. <laughs> They have a like a very pretty face, if you will, mm-hmm. and they look like a kind grandma.
1: <laughs> Do he does? He's got like a very high cheekbones. He's got a very distinct look on his face. I don't know why, but every time I see him, I'm always like, he looks really nice. I mean, he had to be born in like the 1940s, so I have no clue how
0: old he is. He's 78. He was born in January the 9th, 1944.
1: That's pretty close. I said the 1940s. I mean.
0: Yeah, and I um I know somebody who bumped into him in what in the Waitrose supermarket in Windsor. Yeah, and was was a huge Led Zeppelin fan, and went and said, "I don't want to bother you, Mister Page. Huge fan. Can you sign my whatever yeah. till, till receipt?" And, and apparently, he <laughs> couldn't have been nicer.
1: Ah, huh. so maybe it is that it, maybe his face maybe it is the way you act him affects the way you age. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. But I mean, he's like the reason I knew he had to be pretty old was he was in the Yardbirds right before he was in. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, he,
0: and he was a very famously a session guitar player before the, the Yardbirds. Lots of music in the in the 60s mm-hmm. contains Jimmy Page's guitar work and production work.
1: Yeah, I mean, pre Led Zeppelin, he was in a whole different band, which I love the Yardbirds, by the way. You said Whole Lot of Love was
0: the song you chose? Yeah, Whole Lot of Love was the Led Zeppelin song that I chose.
1: When I was in high school, I had an orange shirt, and all it said was Whole Lot of Love on it. And I wore it to school, and only one person got it. Yeah, <laughs> your story, <laughs> but they thought it was really cool.
0: <laughs> where well, 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 where you go? <laughs> I'm
1: not a huge Led Zeppelin fan. I never have been, but you know, it's I thought I was cool for like five minutes and I knew the song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have I have all the Led Zeppelin albums on vinyl, and I'd heard those pressings were very good, which is why I got them, and they actually do sound superb. And you huh. listen to them with a pair of headphones, and you understand why Jimmy Page is a production genius.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're talented. I mean, they're talented bar none. And I their music is so iconic. It's just I've never been super into them, I guess.
0: No, I mean, you know, my 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 favorite Led Zeppelin song is the Rain song. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, there's so many other great Led Zeppelin songs.
1: Well, and then you were talking about he played on I'm pretty sure he played like some of the studio um, guitar playing for Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. I know that that one, and there's some pieces that he does on that that are pretty cool, and like, um, Mystic Eyes, maybe. I heard P- that. Possibly.
0: Him. I mean, and you know, he, in, in the contemporary, he's made songs with, uh, or made, made a, an album with David Coverdale. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's released really solo albums. I mean, you know, he's um, he's been very prolific.
1: Yeah, I just knew that I've heard those specifically, but I'm sure he's probably. If I went and looked, there's probably like 17 different artists he's worked with. It maybe more
0: (laughs) absolutely he's 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 not like um edward van halen for example where you can count the guest appearances on one hand i mean he's played with absolutely everybody
1: now here's a fact if you knew it you probably did hard day's night doesn't he play on that
0: i don't think so
1: hmm recall could
0: i swear he's
1: somehow associated with that in some way
0: well, Joy, this, this, is a, this is a no-name music house first. I'm going to give this a Goog right now, live on air, like hard days. I,
1: I'm going to cry if I'm wrong because
0: I swear
1: I've already played on it. Could be some rumor the internet made up, though, and I just believed it. Blah,
0: blah, 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 it's the famous opening chord. Personnel, here we go. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, and George Martin but then what was
1: it i'm googling jimmy page <laughs> hard day's night <laughs> i swear oh i wrote jimmy's hard day night <laughs> <laughs> uh when jimmy page w- featured on the beatles a hard day's night far out magazine Once he was a superstar via the earbuds and Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page started discussing his work as a session guitarist in the 60s. Unfortunately, this Led Page should almost... Oh, he is credited (laughs) as doing it, but he never did.
0: Ah, there we go.
1: Okay, wait. Well, no, it says there's a rhythm he's got. I can explain, but he definitely did not play the soaring riff on You Really Got Me. Although he plays... On a hard day's night, it's not the bouncy uperio head of Ringo's theme. So he does contribute some like guitar to it, but like apparently at one point he was credited as being the solo artist, and that's not true. So it was like the internet. There you go, everyone. I was kind of right, but I may have just believed what I read on the internet without researching it too.
0: (laughs) There we are. Like you're you're giving it a Google So That's yeah. (laughs) I had to compete
1: because I'm like I swear I heard that. Was that a fake rumor? Yeah. Kind of was. Apparently he is on there somewhere, but he didn't. He's just a session track that he was in the background of.
0: There we go. Oh. Okay. Now everybody
1: was, that was, that was a burning wonder for them. I've probably been thinking about it since 1964.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, Tim, what's the next
0: one? Okay. So this is my final um, musician pick from Hounslow. Right. And then after we've done this, I thought I'd just go through some of the other famous folks who you may have heard of who come from, okay. the, from the London Borough Hounslow. So this, uh, this lady is from Chiswick and this is Kim Wilde and i've picked the track kids in america
1: which has so many renditions of it
0: oh there, uh, it's
1: like 17 versions of the kids in america
0: i, I no, absolutely and in fact i've recorded this track with moroccan soul and if you want to go on youtube you can actually pull up my version of kids of america that i did with uh, moroccan soul and it is a it's a, it's a really good song
1: See, I didn't even know Tim had a version. Make it 17 version.
0: <laughs> and what's unique about Kim Wilde, she is the only person in Knight Rider. <laughs> Knight Rider fact. So, oh, Lord. so Knight Rider mostly, as you know, as we discussed in our Night Rider episode, only played soundalike tracks because it was cheaper to have soundalike tracks than have the actual artists. Not only does... Kim Wilde's original track appear in the season four Night Rider episode, she actually appears on Kit's monitor screen.
1: Huh. That's cool. That's see that's what I'm saying. When Tim loves something, he knows weird facts that might seem strange to the rest of the world.
0: And she is the only person to appear in Night Rider and Vic Reeves's Big Night Out.
1: See, no one else, no one else would have thought of that. <laughs> I will say though, so I guess I always, this is probably bad to be because it's about we're the kids in America. I don't know that I ever realized she was British till now. Yeah, she, she,
0: she, she she's from, she's from, from Hounslow.
1: <laughs> it's just interesting that that. I mean, I guess this song was probably pretty popular in the UK then too.
0: Yeah, it was, it, you know, it was an eighties track, and it was incredibly popular.
1: Well, it's like that new wave kind of sound. And I will say it does have one of the coolest intros, which is why I think it works so well in movies when you hear like new versions of it. Because like the one that comes to mind for me is there's a more modern day version- I'm embarrassed there's a cartoon called Jimmy Neutron when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And when they take off all rocket ships to go do something, save the world ish, that's what starts. It's like coming out a dirty old window and they're like taking off. And then, you know, it's where the kids and it's used so many times to establish like kid kind of things in America, mm-hmm. like teenagers rebelling or their first this. Um, so I guess that never really dawned on me. Maybe she's British.
0: Now we are. See, now, you know, <laughs>
1: I mean, I was I don't think that I ever thought about it either, way, but <laughs> now I do know. Did she have a big was this kind of a one hit wonder or did she have a pretty sizable career?
0: No, she, she had a um she had a reasonable career. Um hmm. I'm just trying to I'm trying to bring the other tracks up. But yeah, there there were a number of tracks that she, she uh she had. She certainly was not a one hit wonder.
1: Well, she would have been like new wave pop kind of thing, I would imagine. So that'd have been popular in the early eighties for sure.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Well, I love that song, but I do think there's about 47,000 versions. It's kind of like um, Hot Time, Summer in the City. That song, mm-hmm. Loving Spoonful, there's so many versions of it, and it's always to establish in a movie that it's hot in the middle of New York City. <laughs> yeah,
0: whoever, whoever wrote that song is not having a problem with royalty money. <laughs>
1: I don't know if the Loving Spoonful did like wrote their own music or if someone wrote it for them, but that song's probably been used. Oh, my gosh. You went on IMDb is probably at least 37 movies easily.
0: And and 37,000 more probably. TV shows. (laughs) I forgot the TV
1: shows. I mean, it's literally and it it always starts at that, you know, the hot time. It never starts in the middle. It's like that part. And then it zooms in on some um, alley in New York City that the uh, fire extinguisher, not the fire extinguisher, the fire. What's the one the water comes from?
0: Fire hydrant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that one. <laughs> I mean ultimately, I mean I will to to give you credit, ultimately the fire hydrant is a fire extinguisher because they the fire engine would connect to it and then it puts the fire
1: out. <laughs> oh yeah, I put it out there red, but typically extinguishers are red too. <laughs> God. Uh, but you don't know talk about like the kids have cracked it open and the water spewing out. it as they go down a hot alley in downtown New York, <laughs>
0: that's the picture I was trying
1: to make before I failed. All right. So who are some of these um, people we may know?
0: Okay. So, so the, these are not musicians, but these are people who hail from the London borough of Hounslow, who you may or may not have heard of. So All right. the, the first one is David Attenborough, the TV wildlife uh, broadcaster. And he was born in Isleworth. Hmm. I mean, I've with- heard
1: the name, but I don't really. I'm not big on my TV. <laughs> I mean, what did he do exactly?
0: He's a TV wildlife uh, broadcaster, David Attenborough. Every time you see and the and the uh, the zebra, uh, Yeah.
1: Um, I just was the only one I could think of is like Steve Irwin, and I'm like, well, it's obviously not him. So no, maybe and- <laughs> Tim needs to explain. <laughs> All right. Well, now I know he's got a famous voice.
0: OK, and um, the, the next person I've, I've got on here is Kate Beckinsale. She's from Chiswick.
1: I have heard of her before.
0: Yeah, I follow her on Instagram and she lives a very fancy pants um, Los Angeles life in a big rich people house. You know, she's she's worked and she's worked hard and, you know, she's earned the money she has. And, you know, she lives this extravagant life you know good good luck to her you know i don't it's fine but every now and again she gets a bit houndslow in the things that she writes and it makes me <laughs> laugh
1: <laughs> her roots come out because i mean she's an actress for those who don't know who she is and she's been in many many movies i mean i don't know which ones but you she's pretty well known in america at this point sure. um so it doesn't surprise me she lives a pretty high end and she she's if you see her she looks like somebody who would live a high-end life like nice. physically
0: yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm the same age as her. She's like she's forty seven, and I and I you know used to, she she puts pictures of us you know not even like pictures that have been doctored altered. or you know she she snaps a picture of a phone with her and her cat. And I'll say to Hannah, I say she looks so good, and she's the same age as me. And then Hannah will say to me, she said, yeah, what's she doing all day, looking that good?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. If your whole job, Tim, is to look a certain way, and that's what you spend your time doing.
0: Yeah, you know, she has a nutritionist and a trainer and a stylist and a makeup artist and all that kind of stuff. She doesn't so. have to clean her own house. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, Tim, they they live much different lives than we do. She can drive out. What was it? Ludacris drives out on his property and finds a tennis court he didn't know existed. <laughs> she drives out and finds another swimming pool. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> For those who don't understand that reference, go back a few episodes. All right
0: another person from the london borough hounds there's no one that you will have ever heard of but i'm going to say it anyway (laughs) keith Chegwin, who used to be on cheggers plays pop and he also used to be on um swap shop and he famously did that program on channel five when he was naked and it ruined his career you don't know who that is but i just wanted to say keith Chegwin was from isleworth
1: that will mean something to someone. (laughs) I'm not the someone. All right. Like I was guy ruined his career by being naked. (laughs) On a
0: Channel 5 program, a game show.
1: How did that get? It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's because,
0: because, as we've said before, after nine o'clock in the UK, it's like HBO. It's really pretty much anything goes.
1: So is it after nine? Because we have like primetime where it gets PG-13, but, you know, ours not till one in the morning
0: here yeah no it's it, i think it, nine o'clock is the watershed on uk broadcast tv and then like i said it's like hbo pretty much anything goes and it was a one-off tv show that um keith chegwin did and it, it used the same set as some kids tv program but mm. everyone who did it was nudists and it was like a it wasn't like sexy bad taste though. yeah it wasn't like sexy or anything they were just nudists playing a game show and it was just and everyone it was a one-off show and keith chegwin did it and he basically regretted it until the day he died because he said it's just it's just why did I do that? Why, well, I think why it's the whole thing that you said it's
1: like it's a it's a kind of a makeshift version of a kids show. That's where it gets a little weird. Yeah,
0: it's, it was it was it was weird but it was on channel. All right, Ch- well. channel, yeah, Channel <laughs> Five was a t- it's a TV channel that came online long after all the other ones did, and they were trying different things out. And it's,
1: who proved that? anyway okay well now that i learned more about whatever that guy's name was, he's
0: chegwin
1: god how could i forget
0: <laughs>
1: are you sure it wasn't kenneth chegwin no. <laughs> <laughs> tim's like that's pretty good <laughs> all
0: right
1: was there any other famous folks
0: uh yeah you've got hugh grant
1: i've heard of him yes he
0: lived in chiswick as a child and his mother was my uh, french teacher at school
1: that's random
0: I think I may have said that before. And we'll finish off this list with Bernard Lee. He was born in Brentford and you would know him as M in the James Bond films.
1: Oh, that's cool. I mean, very British. Makes sense. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know what else to say, but it makes sense that he would come from that area.
0: But there you go. And also, actually, before we close this out, this is an interesting fact for you. Vincent van Gogh. Lived briefly in Isleworth. Hmm.
1: Before or after the ear? Do we know? I don't
0: know. I mean, I don't know whether the ear removal happened in. Maybe that <laughs> happened in Isleworth. I don't know.
1: It's a good. It's a good thing for you to look up, later, Tim. Important information for you to know in your everyday life.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we we have a lot of breaking news on this uh, podcast. Sometimes sometimes it's up to date music news, and sometimes it's news from sixteen seventy.
1: Or just joy going. So why did. Why did Mercury move? I don't know. Is there something. <laughs> <laughs> Real cutting information here.
0: <laughs> God. But there we go. That wraps up the big Hounslow episode. I would like to thank um, um, Saz for putting Hounslow on the bingo card, which was the inspiration for this episode. <laughs> and i really and as... hope
1: nobody was playing a drinking game to this episode
0: <laughs> yeah if, if you decided to play a drinking game to this episode you're probably not listening to this right now you're having a great time or asleep
1: <laughs> we probably should put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: and with that bye see you later bye bye <laughs>